Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the What Culture Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Tilford, joined by Ben Mortana. Hello there. I'm Josh Brown. Hello there. Chaps, there's a whole bunch of games coming. It's, you can't even move for the games. Left, right, and center. Back for blood dropping today. Demon Slayer on Friday. Metroid Dread continues to be one of the best things ever made. But in regards to what's happening for the rest of the year, we thought we'd round up all sorts of different juicy, tasty rumors, tasty leaks, different things that might get announced in an official capacity uh, very, very soon. Because there is the Game Awards coming up. There's the PlayStation Showcase stuff that's apparently coming up. Um, so we're going to dive into a bunch of different things. First one being a Bloodborne 2. And alongside a Bloodborne remaster. This comes from the Blue Point Games acquisition by Sony by PlayStation um, and comes from Sacred Symbol Zone Colin Moriarty, ex-IGN Colin Moriarty, um, who he did a tweet a little while ago back at the start of October saying that um, he, from what he'd heard, uh, Blue Point were going to be going to Yarnum, um, obviously the location from Bloodborne, and then he's followed up on his Discord um, saying that as far as he knows, they're re-releasing Bloodborne on PlayStation 5 as he understands it. We're going to get a sequel um, to Bloodborne as well. He's heard out of them about that. Um, he does say that he wants to check up on the source that told him about Demon Souls ahead of time before that was officially released. But as soon as that happens, it'll be all systems go. But point being, this is a long time coming. What do we think about Bloodborne? Give me more. Give me everything <laughs> Bloodborne related. I know we may differ on this between us fellas here, but Bloodborne is Dark still one of my favorite PlayStation exclusives. Every time, it's like the inverse of It's a Wonderful Life. Every time you give me that <laughs> Dark Souls with the dodge crack. An angel doesn't get their wings. An angel is clipped from heaven and comes cr- crashing Notes. back down to earth. It's one of my favorite um, PlayStation exclusives. I think it's my favorite Souls-esque game. It's my mm. favorite From Software game. And that's a lot of um, competition in there because I love all of the modern stuff that they've put out. Um, mm. And I think it makes a lot of sense for the studio to jump into the world of Blood Bomb because clearly FromSoft aren't particularly interested in doing really sequels anymore. You know, ever since just... Dark Souls, they've mm. moved from obviously Dark Souls to Blood Bomb, Blood Bomb to Sekiro, now they're going to Elden Ring. They don't really seem like they're... Like they want to stick around in the playgrounds that they've made. However, mm. Bloodborne, as we know, was already co-developed anyway. That team no longer is around. But then um, Bluepoint made just a great splash with the remake of Demon Souls. I think that is a great game. I think the improvements they made and the visual overhaul is just stunning, almost to the point where they're actually putting from soft games to shame. At least when it comes <laughs> to the presentation. And mm-hmm. um, if you you know compare Demon Souls to Elden Ring, so to continue in that world not only to remaster but then create something new in bloodborne 2 i just think it makes sense as the next steps for that um developer and i would be definitely here for that 
it's like the Crash Bandicoot approach. Like they got, it was it Vicarious Visions yes. who did the NCN trilogy and then sort of used all the lessons learned to go and do Crash 4 and sort of liaised a little bit with ex-Naughty Dog people to make sure they got, got it right. I would hope in this case that if they're going to just let ostensibly like the remake studio do a new thing, that they do sort of consult with some people from, from software at some point. But at the same time, I would be curious what they do. Like, is it just going to be so similar because they had like the only lessons that they learned when they were putting the original Bloodborne back together. It's like, if you do a sequel from that, you know, you're not those original creative so it's kind of hard to like innovate in that way but Benroy you're a massive uh, Dark Souls Sekiro fan what do you what do you what do you make of this mate if they just did a sequel to this um to Bloodborne 2 Bloodborne sorry and it mm. was the exact same game and they changed nothing and charged me 90 pounds it would still be better than every other game apart from Bloodborne like like Bloodborne is so much is leagues above all those other games in my opinion especially Dark Souls uh, but okay okay. I I don't get I love Bloodborne Bloodborne is fantastic what what, Bloodborne is fun it's kinetic it's it's fun to play it's not just like I'm just gonna have some little monkey boy jump on me from a roof and then now I'm dead. <laughs> there are a few bits like that in those games, but mm-hmm. I feel like there's so much more to this. You can go into a boss fight and you can get like bad, but then sort of still come back. Like you can go, there's not so much like relying on a bad loadout. And I can even, you, you can focus on a, one specific weapon, which I know you can do in other games, but I like, and there's only one weapon in, um, uh Sekiro shadows mm. die a lot of times but for me Bloodborne just was the perfect mod mod and hit it right on the head and just from like I remember my time fighting the Bloodstarved Beast more than I do anything else in all those other games for example it's just I I don't like the thing that both you guys have for Bloodborne that a lot of people have where it's like oh my god Bloodborne I just don't I don't get it. Like it's to me, it's just more souls with a dodge. Like I like it the is... thing where you can dot you can attack if you get hit and you get your health back but like what is it about this game that is so much better? Sekiro is just the souls, but with you have to block. <laughs> yeah, it exists. Yeah, it is. It's so hard to try and explain it, man, because like obviously so much of his DNA is from Dark Souls, but the world of Bloodborne, like I just love. I love mm. the the horror of it. I love the the cosmic elements of it. I love the way it like plays you like a fiddle, making you think it's going to be one subgenre of horror, and then halfway through it pivots into something mad and completely different. So there's the whole world building. There's the whole aesthetic um you know play of it but i do also think the gameplay tweaks are just really solid as well yes mm. it's very similar to dark souls but like roy said so is Sekiro. so are demon yeah. souls you know what i mean it's all in the same ballpark but the things that it adds like the ability to get your health back you know the little tweaks it makes to your agility to like the weapons the way the weapons you know obviously they're called trick we- weapons right you know that they're you can change them and modify them depending on what you're fighting i think the enemies are awesome it's just it's hard to convey because you ask me what does it do so well and my answer mm. is everything. everything my answer is top <laughs> to bottom and i don't know how to convey it because you I mean you played it you you played i, know, the I, like I don't know how to well. i just yeah not, no part of it elevated it at all like i thought it was like solid but it felt like a dark like it was souls with the skin and like i like the transforming <laughs> weapons i like the hp lovecraft stuff but it didn't it didn't blow me away so at least had a jump button and a little bit more to it the the first two souls games like for me specifically feel that they look and feel like mods where it just feels like a polished <laughs> game that was crafted in like every, every certain bit is just like there and it, it doesn't feel as cheap as those other ones do and as i said like i enjoy the combat more i like dodging rather than blocking i like i like the option of both mm. but i want to dodge more than anything else i just feel like <clears throat> i don't want to be just stuck in a corner as i sort of get like rushed from every which way mm-hmm. and 
something about even just like the, how cosmic it gets towards the end at certain points and i just love I, I would love a game that focused a lot more on like yarn and like there's bits like i'm in a swamp i guess and it's gonna be a bit dark and we'll get through it and don't worry we'll get through eventually but for me the Arnhem itself is just such an interesting place. And I love seeing that this whole like society falling from like grace and mm. how weird and twisted it all gets. And every corner, I wasn't afraid to be cheapened out. I was afraid because I was like, it was almost a weird, like pseudo horror game in some respects. And I don't know, there's a, there's a reason why I spent like 180 hours of pure enjoyment in this game rather than like, say, what like 30 horrible hours in Sekiro sort of thing <laughs> I feel like I need to go back to Bloodborne and try again and again I, every time this comes up every, every time this conversation comes up because people have been waiting and the for score as well sorry the score in that game oh mm -hmm. love it chef's kiss it's yeah but it is like a complete package I do love the world like the whole thing of all the different hunters and the fact that like one of the versions of old Yarnum was went wrong or whatever so they built a new one on top and they try to you obviously unlock that across the game and stuff it's got some really cool ideas just for me personally complete subjective moany moanford I couldn't get away with that game in a way that the average person does it seems like it's this massive huge deal that they're doing this again um, so yeah, so in theory, we will hopefully get a remaster or whatever it's going to be of the original 2015 game and then a follow-up from Bluepoint themselves, um, which is an interesting thing. Um, next rumor down is about Spider-Man 2. Now, the, one of the... This is proper grain of salt type stuff, um, but one of, in theory, Insomniac's developers took to Reddit and did a quick AMA, um, letting people ask them all sorts of things about Spider-Man 2. And that post has been deleted, which is usually the smoke and gun, or at least there's something in there that, you know, for whatever reason had to be deleted. Um, but there are various things in there about how Spider-Man 2 will control um, and the different new details and new things that have been added. Um, so it's just some things to sort of talk about. Um, apparently swinging speed is almost twice as fast as 1.7 to 1.8 times faster than the first game um, because apparently they can take more advantage of the SSD. There's apparently a new wall crawling system with way, with way more and better transition animations when you're walking around or running around. Um, webs can be reeled in because literally every game has to have a grappling hook now, which is great. Um, <laughs> but the main thing that a lot of people are talking about is that in each mission you'll get to choose whether you want to play as peter parker or miles morales and the ai will take um take over of the other take the other person as well so i think most missions will be two spider-men but you'll pick and choose who you want to be um ah. and so that's the majority of it in inside that whole thing is a lot of story stuff which i'm not going to cover for the sake of spoilers like we sort of know going in that venom's going to be in there because he's in the teaser trailer and there's a little bit mentioned about him and how the story goes um but i'll not mention any of that stuff but what do you guys think of i guess what where spider-man should go and the stuff they're focusing on a lot of interesting things in there if mm. you ask me um you know the even right down to the granular thing of having an entirely new wall crawling system if you mm. go over to what culture no, if you go over to youtube.com <laughs> forward slash gaming, I actually did a video, an entire video on how so many Spider-Man games get the wall crawling wrong. And it's ah. such an iconic and integral part of that character. And yeah, it's always this throwaway thing. And especially in Spider-Man 2018, it's it's hard. It's like an afterthought. You I know? just it's ran so more than I crawled, to be fair. Exactly. It's so weird. And you can make that fun. So the idea that they're going to implement that more naturally in the mm. game is really cool. Obviously, the big thing is the multiple playable characters, which to me is a really cool um, twist because I really enjoyed Miles Morales, um, uh, both as a game and as he was characterized mm -hmm. in both the original Spider-Man game and his spin-off. I thought in a spin-off especially, you know, him and his family and his community was definitely like a highlight of that mm -hmm. experience and I'm really endeared to it so the idea of being able to switch between those two 
is neat. And I like the fact that, according to this anyway, um, they're going to be together in the missions, so it, yeah. it won't detract from the story. Initially, when I heard this, because I didn't read into it, I worried that maybe if you choose Miles over Peter, it might mean you don't get their stories being told, um, mm. perhaps as well, like because you might... Thing. Yeah, you might sideline one, you might branch it off, but if they're both in there, it's just a case of which powers do you want and who do you want to play as. Like, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, that's it I'm curious. Like, the story and gives you more mechanical variety, I think. Yeah, I'm curious what they do on Peter's side to match Miles' electric attacks, because, like, that was something that I thought made Miles Morales' combat so much better, like, as a game, because um, you had access to these, like, four separate powers and you could close distance on guys, you could do these big haymakers and big powerful finishes and stuff. And um, there were, like, the triangle circle moves in the original one but i just felt like they fleshed that out in such a great way it made it so much more just like meatier and chunkier so i'm kind of curious what they do with that um ben i know you're not a massive spidey fan what do you think of of the overall direction of the new games yeah i mean like you might as well i, I know nothing of story spoilers by the way so if i'm saying anything now and it happens to be there then <laughs> i don't know but like i would Aliens, just right? go um well when you talk about him war crawling i just think of a xenomorph running around i think playing alien versus predator and getting confused and wanting to throw up but anyway i digress back to the point um <clears throat> yeah, i i'm just gonna i'm gonna a few guesses here spider gwen yeah throw her in there she's gonna pop her at one so. point and like you've got to think that at some point they want a big emotional point so why don't we kill peter parker off and have him become oh! big man <laughs> spider-man and then you got to play as miles and gwen you got to kill the man spider that's my uh, I, that's that's my predictions for it. It's not what I, I think of the that. game, but I feel, I just I love the man spider from the cone and just bring him back because <laughs> I'm still scared of him now. And I to love a fair, good monster transformation. So if they did uh, the end of whichever Splinter Cell game it was, where you fought each other, or the end of a way out where co-op becomes one on one, then yeah. that would be a hell of a way to go. Um, if we hey, if you mean... somehow called that, that's that's insane. <laughs> What did you say, Josh? I need to Sorry, um, apologies there. My computer audio decided to die, so I didn't know if you were talking still. And what I was going to say is, if they do go down that route of making you fight Peter Parker, maybe because he's been corrupted by the Venom suit, I think that would be a cool way to incorporate the Death of Spider-Man comic, which is it was in the Ultimate Universe back when that was a, a big thing, which I really enjoyed because that was such a great way to see off that version of the character, which then obviously subsequently introduced Miles Morales as an entity in the first place because he mm -hmm. came in as the the replacement and to kind of have this tragic ending which without spoiling things for ben roy it seems to be what this series is making its name on both in miles morales uh, and can i predict um, what it was in the first first game uh, I will, did they did yes. they did they resurrect uncle ben and then shoot him again <laughs> uncle ben no, it's not machines uncle yes. ben came back to life did they and, did they blow his leg fought. off of a shotgun then beat him up with a cricket bat or something is that, is that Robocop? Did he That's turn Quan Chi's fatality in Mortal Kombat 9. And sadly, that wasn't in Spider-Man. But quite another, another very popular Sony game, but you didn't get the death sort of... Oh, God, yeah. Oh, <laughs> the mean, the yes. Sony formula becomes that in every single game, then we're doomed. <laughs> but um, yeah, overall, the release date's still penciled in for 2023, so it's, it's going to be a ways off. Um, but it seems like it's been uh, pretty confidently handled, if all this stuff is true. Um, next thing down is the Metal Gear Solid 3 remake. This comes from a whole bunch of stuff that broke a couple of weeks ago um, about how Konami have licensed, um, or hired rather, a Chinese development team called Virtuous, and um, this is according to Video Game Chronicle, to remake various Metal Gears. Um, it's alongside a wider leak, um, which we're not going to necessarily 
necessarily go into, but um, Gamatsu followed up on it saying that Konami have done some deal with Sony and Kojima Productions to do a Silent Hill game. Um, but the main thing, at least that's been followed up on a little bit, um, is that there has been a mention on a leaked in profile from a developer um, called Ziyang Li, who apparently works for Virtuous, um, saying that they're working on AAA quality level art and set piece destruction. So that doesn't necessarily sound like Metal Gear, but maybe it would be like Metal Gear. <laughs> I guess Metal Gear 3's ending stuff in the Jeep can be classified as like a big Trees can action. fall over. You can you'd be like, hey, Snake, <laughs> do you realize if you put a claymore by a tree, it falls over? Maybe. Oh, really? Big... <laughs> that, that'd be a half an hour conversation. <laughs> really? Let me tell you the philosophy this... of that tree. Huh? So I'm just eating the snake. Yeah, yeah, I imagine. It seems like that's going to be the thing that they're focusing on out of, um, like, all... Because that's, that's the thing. Do you guys want Metal Gear Solid 3 as the first port of call? I would take Metal Gear Solid 1 over the rest of them at this at this point. Ooh, Benroy, you've been re- through them recently. What do you think? I, I think it's... Um, I don't think there's... The only reason they'll be doing 3 first is because they have half the work the done scenes, on, yeah. on the picture. I think that would be... That would be the proper sort of, like... A uh, big money person, sort of like, yep, just do the cheapest way possible, Jim. <laughs> but um, I would want, I think they only have the, like, you could do free, it's his own sort of story, but I think they have their own impact when they're played in the order that they came out because that's kind of like, it's, it's, how, it's how they were intended, it's how they, they were made and how the the visions of everyone at Konami and mm. um, I've said everyone at Kojima, everyone at Kojima, sort of like, well, let's bring back here and let's, experience things forward but if they do it chronologically i'm not gonna hate it but i'm gonna think it's a little dumb well, is uh in metal gear solid 3 i'm because pre- obviously there's the whole enough to get like two spoiler i mean they're old games at this point but i'm pretty sure metal gear solid 3 would ruin what's happening with the patriots if you played 3 first you would find out about all the philosopher stuff the philosopher's legacy and then you would go into 2 and you'd kind of know what that was you would also get that um uh, certain characters are a way bigger deal than they are when they're mm. first introduced into the game. It's like, oh, this character's here, or this character is mentioned, or who's that? It's sort of like, and th- that formula, those bosses are fun, but I still think like the best cast of bosses is either like a mixture of two and three. And I feel like if you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does, they charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This podcast is brought to you by Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates 
fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it just makes hiring all in one place so easy because you just get unparalleled access to job seekers. Plus, listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash WCG. Just go to Indeed.com slash WCG right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash WCG. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do certain things there first. and uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't I feel like being introduced into like the, the first Ocelot fight and going from there and the psychomatic stuff, I just think one is the way to go, but... Same. You've got to feel like it's a money thing if they're doing three first. I don't, I, I'm confused, really. Well, three makes it. the most sense. Like you said, all, like when they did all those pachinko machines, like the first time everybody saw, I think it was just done, done in the Unreal Engine, the first time we saw like the up-res cutscenes, the, the new models for everything. That stuff did look incredible. So maybe that is just the fastest way to do it. Um, but with Metal Gear Solid 1, I mean, like they've got the Twin Snakes version that came out on GameCube where it's way more anime and Solid Snake is backflipping on missiles in midair and stuff like that. I really hope that's not the reference point. I hope they stick to the original, but I also know that Hideo Kojima hated the way that original one was translated and it's like he never wanted the guy that the one man who translated that game um he, he was he always demanded full creative control going forward because of how, how more militaristic and how gritty that original game became hence why Twin Snakes is so ridiculous but what do you guys think of of the way of that original game's trajectory over the years like how do you even approach a remake it's difficult man like it's it's such a strange game just in general mm. like regardless of what year you played it and whether you played it when it came out, whether you only revisited it recently by buying the PlayStation Classic. Um, it's a strange game, <laughs> the first one. It's more indebted to, well, it's as much as indebted to survival horror stylings as it is, you know, a modern military game. And mm. it's really difficult, I think, to capture the atmosphere of the original. And we saw that with the Twin Snakes, which had a lot of its issues like you said and was way more bombastic and kind of like lost some of that atmospheric edge so i don't even know how you'd go about adapting the first game i think that's why it's taken so long for them to do it because you can pick up two you can pick up three you can pick up four now you can certainly pick up five now and have a good time with them you know Mm -hmm. it'll take a bit to get used to especially not having a proper camera system that you can control in number two um but they play well they are really solid games that hold up from a presentation perspective but one it's hard to get hold of it's kind of a bit wonky to play and obviously it's playstation one graphics and playstation one voice acting so the files are going to have to be redone you're probably going to have to get the cast back to redo all of the dialogue and stuff it's just more of a job than taking the cutscenes from the pachinko machine for mgs3 and slapping (laughs) them in a in a remaster the the voice acting thing i think is the biggest reason why they've not gone back to it because for me like again in twin snakes they re-recorded that same script but a lot of the diction was different a lot of the um the way that they delivered those lines like in the original ps1 one for me is the is the best iconic read of all that of all that dialogue um but as uh, to david Hayter's own omission like they recorded all that dialogue in a house because the budget was so small and the, the way it was all handled and video game voice acting wasn't a thing back then so they just sort of sat in a house and he says at one point which i've not been able to find but he noted that if you listen in during one of the scenes you can hear a car go past when they're talking um, mm-hmm. and i've never found that but apparently that's the state of the way that, that stuff was put together um benro what's your thoughts on original metal gear versus anime metal gear 
Uh, I think you just combined the two, right? And also mm. when we was uh, when I was listening to Josh, I wasn't daydreaming as well and thinking about other things, but I was also taking what <laughs> Josh was saying in and thinking about um, Metal Gear 4, how um, there might be parts of Metal Gear 4 that are helpful in, like, say, remaking it, how, like, things are brought forward. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Can I just I say you. at this point? You can say it, you yeah. Can say. Yeah, Shadow, with Shadow Moses being in Metal Gear Solid right, 4, right. a lot of it. Like, you... you I'm, I'm just talking in general. I, like, I want to say after every point, oh, I, I know it's hard. To, but like, you got, you got to imagine where you would take it as sort of like a Resident Evil 1 remake sort of perspective where they go in and they change bits that need to be changed. They change mm-hmm. rooms. They add rooms. Like, you would change the ocelot room to make it so you don't just aim with a gun and shoot in the face from the other end of the room and just sort of whack that fight out. So maybe do things like liberties like make that room totally different but you can keep a lot of the corridor structure and i think if you didn't change much apart from let's say re-record dialogue or hey it was even said i could i don't know why i kept saying david hasselhoff in a voiceover yesterday and now i think <laughs> of hater and hasselhoff and it's just ruined my, my brain but i feel like you could take a lot of that he said like a lot of the newer stuff they recorded in twin Snakes would work but yeah. i think you bring down the anime bit of stuff stuff a bit like you know i don't think you have solid snake doing backflips onto missiles i think you would have like a raiden cyborg ninja raiden do that mm-hmm. but um I, I think you could blend the two together and then sort of like take it from an re1 remake sort of perspective and make it work i i just feel like it's such not it's money on the table and it's such like a Sort of, if you kept all the dialogue pretty much the same, you could re-record bits and get there, mm-hmm. and even add in cars driving past if you want. But <laughs> I, I honestly don't. Th- yeah, I mean, there'll always be people that will, will want to go at it, and I think you should do things like maybe change the points where you got to take the pack keys and call them down and warm up. I think mm-hmm. that's a bit dumb. Change that. But, but the only two things that stick in my mind or points that need to be changed on quotation marks are the Oslo fight. And the pack key stuff. The PAL stuff. Yeah, when you have to like change yeah. the temperature of it and stuff. Yeah, I'm curious what they do. I think for me, because Metal Gear Solid is literally just my one of my all-time favorite games that I don't want it changed that much. But at the same time, if they brought in Metal Gear 2 or 3 style aiming, which is what Twin Snakes did, then um, I guess you could chew through those areas a bit faster because you could see what's ahead of you in a way that you just can't when there's only a top-down camera. But um, yeah, that's going to be interesting to see. There's no remote release dates penciled in for it. Um, and obviously everything is coming from leaks at the minute. Konami haven't commented on any of this stuff officially. Um, but we'll see what happens across the next couple of years. Um, next thing down is that Nintendo followed up on the N64 and the Sega Mega Drive slash Genesis implementation to Nintendo Switch Online. Um, and in regards to the N64 stuff, they've said that the games are going to be able to be played in 60 frames a second or 50 frames a second. Now, I know that people in America, it's a big old deal because they always experience their games in 60 FPS, NTSC. Um, in terms of the region, we had PAL, which meant that we had it in 50 FPS, um, which isn't like, I don't even think that was a big old thing until the PlayStation Classic dropped. And then in America, they realized that Tekken 3 was incredibly slow because they were used to it being faster. Um, but point being that they'll let you pick. And the idea of playing something like Star Fox 64, Mario Kart 64 at 60 FPS with online multiplayer in Mario Kart 64's case, um, I think is a hell of an awesome thing. So where you guys are on N64 games being uprezzed and being made online and all that jazz for a premium fee. It's very cool. Um, I'm looking forward to it. I am really looking forward to finally playing um, Ocarina of Time. But apart from that, I don't have any nostalgic ties to these games, apart from people saying that, you know, some of them are the best games of all time. You'll love them. They still hold up today. I don't know if that's true. Star Fox is so good, Josh Brown. It's so good. Jump 
into stuff like Star Fox oh. and see what the crack is. Because unlike the PlayStation Classic, which I was playing with a lot of reverence, a lot of nostalgic reverence, you know, going through Siphon Filter and the like, <laughs> and because I played those games when I was a kid, I didn't play these games as a kid. So I'm kind of intrigued to come at them very fresh. That's fair. That's very fair. Mr. Benroy, uh, what's your thoughts on this before we talk about the idea of how much more money you would pay? Because Nintendo <laughs> have been saying, oh, here's this new detail. It's, you can do Mario Kart 64 online, all these different really cool things. But they've also said that it's going to be an extra amount of money a month to, to do this. And they haven't said what that price is. But the implementation, the release dates of this stuff is later this month. Yeah, I mean, good. Do some work to these games rather than just like throw them out into the ether like <laughs> nintendo doing some work to make mario kart online multiplayer shocks me after Same. things like we had that mario collection where it was just like here's free games and here's not galaxy 2 i'm surprised <laughs> they're doing any work to this at all uh why not i probably won't i'd probably up my subscription for a little bit and play them and then go back down because like there's mm. only so much i feel i can get out of these games i love these games i sound like i hate them but at the same time i'm gonna play them for a bit and then it's all like go back to not if that makes sense so yeah, yeah. yes like playing look uh a lot of the games like america a lot of the early mario karts people love them but i feel like as the years go on they just get worse because mario they control kart. they just control worse and it's just like a fact of life and i'm mm -hmm. i'm happy to see no, someone's got it. No, it's not. But um, for my opinion, it is. But I feel like I can't wait to play Mario Kart 64 in in some sort of like new battery smooth fashion and with people over the internet. So well, that's I'm, I'm looking forward to that. It's interesting with uh, Mario Kart because Mario Kart 8 is by far the best selling Mario Kart ever. And I'm sure it's still in the top 10. It's like it's like Minecraft. It's like GTA 5. It's always in there. And so like anyone who picks up a Switch picks up a copy of Mario Kart. And then obviously they put out on the SNES collection, you can play the original Super Mario Kart. And now they're adding Mario Kart 64. So it's like you can directly chart the history of the, the main installments, like the big pop culture installments in that franchise. Um, and then whether that bolsters people to only ever play MK8 or whether you stick with 64. Like for me, like it, I... Like, I play 64 quite a bit on my N64, and that game's drifting is insane. So I think, I don't know if people have, like, will remember that, but, like, your car flies around the corners um, in comparison to how much tighter they got over the years. Um, so I think having them all next to each other is going to be kind of, like, an interesting thing. But maybe that's just all they're going for, the idea of playing through, like, an archive of a certain series and having it I wish all... I wish you could just time. buy it, though. On its well, own, yeah. I, we could just just buy it once and then be done. But well, that's not the way they're doing it. I guess it makes me wonder because like the NES and SNES stuff, you you just pay for the overall um, executable off the dashboard and like, everything is installed because those game file sizes are so small. But um, in the N64's case, obviously the file sizes aren't massive, but it's going to be taking up a pretty more hefty chunk of assist of the system's um, memory if you're going to be keeping all those games at once. So maybe you can do one by one. But um, you still, you can't just buy it as like a one-off thing. Um, next thing down is Battlefield 2042. Um, following the beta, um, there's been a bit of a follow-up from Tom Henderson. Tom Tenders Henderson over at Gaming Intel. Um, they were giving a big detailed report on the reality of the mismanagement that's happened over at DICE and how DICE management um, themselves across the last few months or last few years um, have apparently been trying to chase Call of Duty more than they maybe should have, um, getting various Call of Duty streamers in to test the build of the game um, and uh, do a lot of the creative decisions, put them 
more towards trying to get the Call of Duty audience in, um, resulting in a lot of mismanagement, resulting in the beta being so buggy as it is, as it was um, this last weekend. Um, and um, Tenders has also followed up saying that the uh, the beta build that everybody played, um, it's it actually is a lot newer than EA are letting on. EA put a statement out saying, like, hey, don't worry, it's only buggy because it's a few months old. Um, but according to B Tenders himself, he says that actually that's not the case and it is a hell of a lot newer um, than they're letting on. In fact, it might have, there's a date that he found um, the data as one day before the launch went live. So there's stuff like that, but it seems like it's on track to be another incredibly messy launch. But where you guys are on, I guess, the faith in them bringing this together within the next month or so? Um, within the next month or so might be difficult. I think <laughs> they will do it. They always do it eventually. It's mm. always just a matter of time. You know, Battlefield 4, I loved, um, but that obviously came out very hot. Wasn't working on any of the, uh, like the servers were down all the time. It was a complete disaster. And um, I think Battlefield 1 was relatively smooth, but then Battlefield 5 yeah. came out and that went through a lot of different iterations post-release with patches and updates that changed the gameplay around it eventually they did get there for me and i can only reiterate what i said the other day scott on our podcast when i was giving my thoughts on the beta i thought the beta mm. was very messy from a technical standpoint but i think the gameplay that they have there is um solid and mm -hmm. it's just going to be in a, certainly to an extent influenced by warzone and i think that all first person shooters going forward are going to be influenced by warzone just because of how much money that thing makes mm. and how many players are involved like that was a huge moment for big blockbuster triple a multiplayer first person shooters it sucks that battlefield if this is true is trying to just ape them when the battlefield identity for me is so strong yeah um but yeah it's going to be i mean all eyes are on this game coming out in november now to see just how hot it comes in and i know they were actually doing surveys ian dice about the beta experience asking people what they thought about <laughs> the specialists and the class system and stuff so they're mm -hmm. certainly keeping an eye on that stuff but um yeah it's it's kind of fascinating how at the start of the year and this is kind of why i only put a pinch of salt into these rumors because the rumors were that vanguard was this tire fire that was <laughs> apparently going really poorly and then it got to that being announced and then everyone was like oh actually it's it's, it's quite good it's quite solid right, yeah, it's, it's, it's got a lot of maps it's actually a lot of content whereas previously it was um or even ea was saying you know battlefield is ahead of schedule it's doing really well and all mm. of the insiders were like it's going to be a great game and now it's like and there were problems all along now, actually. Actually, there were problems all along. So I'm sure there's, as always, to these leaks, an element of truth in there. I'm just very interested to see whether or not this is entirely spot on or mm. whether it's not as bad as people are expecting come um, November. I'm definitely very curious. The beta for me was in a hell of a state. I know we mentioned this a bit on Monday, but you said that the, the games you got in weren't too bad. They weren't very glitchy. Whereas for me, the entire map itself was bugging out and it was very it was getting very angular. There was parts of buildings warping <laughs> out of uh, shape and everything. So it seems like it is a bit all over the place. Uh, maybe they can bring it together. Um, we'll find out, I guess, in another month or so. Um, Benroy, you're not a massive Call of Duty Battlefieldsman, but does Battlefield 2042 feel like it's going to bring you in? No. <laughs> <laughs> Next thing we've got down is that Mr. Tom Henderson has also uh, mentioned existence of a squid game type game, um, which, I mean, who knows where Tenders is bringing his, uh, his uh, information from, but it makes sense that some studio out there would have confirmed something in regards to a squid game tie-in. Um, but as all the comments on his Twitter thread uh, mentioned, isn't this just Fall Guys or the idea of doing, if someone does Fall Guys with Mortal Kombat style gore, then maybe that's just an incredible combo that we've needed for a long time. 
Yeah, there you go. Fall Guys was a huge success. I forgot that thing existed Fatality until I saw does. it on the on the dashboard the other day. I was like, oh my god, yeah, that was a time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously that did very well. The idea mm-hmm. there is cool. So if you make that, you know, adopt that colorful palette, those game modes, and then add in fatalities, like you said, brutalities, maybe even some um, babalities, who knows? Uh, <laughs> you've got a recipe for success, sure. Um, I mean, I'm sure someone is going to be chasing this, I believe. If you stop to do a fatality, though, you just get killed as well, but that would be the best thing. To, is like such a game. Depends on the game, doesn't it? It does depend on the game. Benroy, would you care about Squid Game? Does that get you in more than 2042? I, I want to I kill some colorful-looking innocent creatures, and then maybe get <laughs> kill myself yeah why not i mean i appreciate the violence of um um, among us yeah and if i could kill people in full guys like legit kill them rather than just grab them every now and then i'll be in it a lot more grab and do a throw like in gang beast if they put in the honeycomb game i don't know how far you guys are in the season of squid game but there's um the honeycomb game without being too specific would make for a hell of an in-game thing to try and do which if you guys haven't seen it you'll not know what i mean but it's just one episode in that's all i'm that's all i'm at I've not seen any of it, but it just sounds like oh. what if T- Takeshi's Castle, but more colourful and <laughs> death. It is kind of just that with a lot of, of guns going off. Yeah, it's a, it's a very intense show. But um, yeah, so that's the sort of roundup of the biggest, juiciest rumours for right now and for the rest of this year. And I guess the next couple of years as well in regards to the Metal Gear Solid remakes and Spider-Man 2 and stuff. For all um, time. Yeah, just all time. We'll see whatever else comes together across the next few weeks uh, as all the other games continue to appear. Um, but for now, this has been the What Culture Gaming Podcast. I've been your host, Scott Tilford, joined by Ben Roy Turner. I might watch Squid Game now. You will, and Josh Brown. Farewell. We'll catch you all next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.